I'm sure y'all are familiar with that one. Never heard of it, but I have a much better one. It's the horrifying story of the messy, inconsiderate ghost who irritated every pony within a hundred miles. Ooh! That's not a real story. You made it up. It is a ghost story. They're all made up. I'm tired of being thankful for scraps. Still, they want us to love them anyway. One day, somebody's gonna have to make a stand. One day, somebody's gonna have to say enough. You get your ass to work and save my country from these cock-sucking Republicans. And admire the man who said, yes, I've got my kid to show my love of God, I'd say no, fuck you. I was raised in a little town that had 13 brothels in it, so I'm used to some pretty salty language. And this one, of course, my favorite of all, like, what's this going on between our legs, right? You heard it. It's like an entertainment complex in the middle of a sewage system. No engineer would design that at all. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Try and work together. Heaven is just another lie. And if you believe it, you're an idiot. I pick music. Well, that's what I do with Frank. I say, all right, time for a break. Pick a band. And he picks one, and I play a song from oh, that. Oh, so. okay. So this is episode 240 of Are You Serious, in case anybody's listening. So first things first. Frank's not here because he's a shitty co-host. So my wife is here. Say hello. Hello. Frank's not a shitty co-host. Say that. <laughs> no, but he'll laugh at that. Um, so we just got back from Frank's show, and holy shit. It was a lot of fun. Yes. It was a lot of fun. The food was good. I like the steak more than the chicken. The food was good. Yep. Um, the beer was not overpriced. No. I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. It was expensive, but... As a, it, as opposed to relatively buying relatively no as opposed to buying it in a liquor store. Yeah, but when you yeah. go out, it wasn't I that know. bad. Honestly, it was actually it. It was all right. Yeah, for what you could get two drinks, it would have been one drink anywhere else. Right, so right. It so it was bad. nice. It was it was a nice place, um, and it was it was a lot of fun. It's funny. I don't want to talk too much about the specifics of the show because if people are going to go. Um, or, I mean, they filmed it from two different angles today, so it's possible parts of it can end up on YouTube and stuff. Right. So we'll talk about that later as it goes on. And I thought they did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Frank needs to get over himself and just be proud and <laughs> yeah. just stand up there and said, yeah, it's all mine. Yeah, that is true. That is true. He, um, he shouldn't try to be modest. But no, I don't think he's being modest. I think he's... Um, I don't know. Maybe he's a, he's a little embarrassed. Like it's it's actually there and it's on stage and people are paying attention to him instead of the people that are acting. That kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know. I think he could be in it. He really. Well, yeah. Obviously, the part of Teddy was written with his voice. Well, he's so. he he still looks like that actor in um. He's in a lot of movies. He played he played a doctor friend to. 
He was, Jimmy Fallon. He was the, he was the first the first murderer in Minority Report that was I, caught. I didn't see that. That's where you pointed him out. Actually, you said that dude looks like Frank. Well, he's also in um, Fever Pitch. Okay. With Jimmy Fallon. All right. I pointed him right out to you. I said, that's Frank. I don't know. What Frank could play his brother. Sure. So, yeah, next week we'll we'll get probably a more in-depth behind the scenes uh, what happened and what's going to happen because we don't know how sales were, how, you know, the food went, you know, sales-wise as opposed to the people there and all that, right. if they'll have them back. I hope they do because I think they got something there. And Frank was talking about maybe talking to local bands and having them play as like the house band, and then that would oh, be like okay. yeah, and then they, he could have different bands all the time come in and play different kinds of music and stuff. And that would be I, interesting. I like that idea. I like that a lot. And you know, people would would learn who the bands are. And they get a free meal, right? So that could work. So we're three and a half minutes in. What do you want to talk about? Um, I'm kidding, because I discussed this with oh, you earlier. Really? Oh, okay. What? Well, what? What? No. What? No, go ahead. You bring up a subject. I don't want to talk about anything. <laughs> then why are you here? You told me to. I did not. Yes, you did. Uh, really? Let me let me look at my phone, and, and I can have the conversation with you that you had with me already. Okay, I'm right outside the door, so the girls outside can see the crap out of them. Um, dog peed on the floor. Princess Bride quotes. Does this all sound familiar to you? Yeah. Um, Buddhist temple, tantric. Oh, then it goes back further. Um, you just want to mention it, don't you? I didn't say it. I'm going back through my messages. Mm -hmm. Why did you spend $60 at Monoprice? <laughs> I don't remember where the conversation was. Yeah, well, anyway. It was the, I don't want to do it by myself. Frank can't make it. Can you do it? Yeah. Well, I asked you. See? I asked you. I didn't and tell you. And what if you. I said no? Then I would have had to do it by myself, and everybody would have got a 40-minute show, and that would have been it. It just, this works so much better just having conversations. So, um, so our girls had their fifth birthday two weeks ago. Right? Two weeks? The party was the weekend after, so it's time's all confused for me. I can see you looking at me over there. The party was last week. The party was last week, but their, their birthday, birthday was, was a Tuesday before ago. that. So, yes, yeah, see? So I was right. So what have we learned as parents in five years that we didn't know before we had kids? Like, what, what if we got out of, what advice could we give to parents and now having five-year-olds? Better have a sense of humor. <laughs> okay. Like what? Well, if you get all serious about everything, you can't be because they're going to be too funny and you have to laugh. But also, you can't take yourself seriously. You have uh, okay. to, you have to Ex really have a sense of humor. Expand on that some. Well. There's not much I keep from the people that listen to the show. So. It's, it's, it's basically that... You have like a really great power mm. because you have absolute power over another human being. Yeah. And if you take yourself too seriously, you're going to screw them up. 
You mean if you act too seriously? Because yes. I take being a parent very seriously. Well, I don't mean that, but you can't take yourself too seriously because you're going to make mistakes. And if you can't laugh at them and show your kid that mm. that you make mistakes as well, because they're watching you like hawks. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing is that I was so nervous about how I would be with them. Mm. And I have to remember to live in the moment with them and to really just laugh along with them and Mm. make jokes because that's how we're able to get them to do anything is by turning it into a game. Yeah, or a challenge. Right. Yeah. And I think that if you go into it thinking, well, I'm going to be the best parent and I'm going to put them Hmm. in the stroller and we're going to go to the park and they're going to do this and they're going to do ballet. And it's like, no, no, because they're going to wear the craziest outfits with cowboy hats and tell you that they're doing Kung Fu Yeah, and they're going to be doctors as zombie pirates. And you have to just go with it. And you like, like the day that, that Ripley came downstairs or Nova, cause I don't know, they were wearing a mask and they had uh lion's sort of omens tucked in the back of their shirt and a knit hat. That like was a, Ripley. Like a crocheted knit hat pulled like a mask over her face and she was wearing black pants and a lavender t-shirt and she yeah. was a ninja. Ripley was a ninja. Yeah, we got pictures of that. But that's the thing, you can't say no, don't play like that. Right. You you have to just laugh and go with it. Yeah. And that's a big thing. To just you got to laugh at yourself too cuz they'll call you out on it. Well, that is true. But like today, they put the Starro masks on, and they were cleaning their room with them on, and then they decided to chase each other around, pretending they were, I'm not kidding you, Starro was attacking Black Canary and Princess Leia. Okay. And they were racing around their rooms, and they were trying to clean their rooms, and they were yelling, Starro lives, and (laughs) it was going without. You know what's the funniest thing about the whole Starro thing for me is, Starro... Is is a DC villain. It's a giant, like, Lovecraftian goldfish. Uh, Looks uh, like a starfish. Starfish, right, with an eye in the middle. Um, I always pointed to Starro being an asshole um, as, like, that's why DC sucks. Because they have a character that's a gigantic starfish, and we're all supposed to be afraid of it. And the Batman Brave and the Bold episode, where they introduced Starro and made him a threat... Mm-hmm. Like that's that they I ate my words. Yeah. Like that's why they're wearing Starro masks because I said that, you know? Mm-hmm. And the fact that they still remember that was like a year and a half ago they last watched that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what what other kind of things? Well, just letting them be who they're going to be. Not forcing them to do stuff. Oh, you mean like trying to make them left-handed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one I'm still trying. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's way too late. No, no, it might. It might. They haven't started really writing yet. <laughs> Ripley's drawing. Yeah, that that's drawing. That's okay. Yeah. No, but I mean, she, she's got this imagination that you just can't filter her. Mm. You just have to let her run with it. Yeah. Well... I see a lot of people, because I'm in places where there's kids, toy stores, museums, that kind of thing. And I see people that just don't 
take the time to listen. I watched this woman in the toy store, like, and I wanted to go over and pretend I was from, like, Child Protective Services because she was being absolutely unreasonable with this kid. First of all, the kid's screaming, right? I want to do this. I want to do that. And she's like, do you have any idea what you're doing to my day? And I wanted to go over and smack her in the face and say, listen, bitch, here's the fucking problem. You're trying to talk to this kid like he's one of your department managers, what you need to do is pick him up, tuck him under your arm, walk out of the store and say, we're leaving because you're being a jerk. Well, maybe she was the one being a jerk because she they took both him out were. during his nap time. They, they were, they would like, but then, you know, that's what? what you see a lot too, where parents you know what, drag the, their kids around everywhere and they expect them to behave like little adults. And they're I, not. I saw they're the kids. kid. I saw the kid at two different points. One was near the star Wars aisle and he just wanted to go look at stuff first. First point, don't bring your fucking kid to a toy store if you're not going to let him look all everywhere. Right. Okay. I can no longer run into the toy store to look because we go, Nova will let me look at Star Wars stuff first. She'll let me. And then we'll look at bikes and princesses and fairies and ponies and monsters and then Legos. And then who knows what else? And we're in the store for two hours. Mm-hmm. Same The same thing with Target. But... Unless we're in a rush, like like if we have to go to the toy store, like I can't imagine any time we have to go to the toy store. One time. You say that all the time. No, we no, have no. to stop at the toy no, store. No, there's a, there's a difference between a necessity and my quote-unquote have to, okay? My have to is this will be fun for them. Necessity is we forgot to get a present for child X and we're on the way to the party. That's a necessity. That's when we say, mom's going to go in and we're going to sit here. Mm-hmm. You just don't take them in. And I know we have, we have a bunch of parents that listen, and I know that a lot, of the, the, probably all of them are going to understand exactly what we're saying. I don't think we have parents that listen to this show that are the quote-unquote shitty parents that we're going to talk about <laughs> because um, they wouldn't listen to me make fun of them week after week. But, I mean, we, we've discussed, you know, what kids watch and what parents allow their kids to watch. And everybody varies because every mm-hmm. child is different, how they're raised, the environment that they're in, the, the exposure to whatever. Like, I have pictures of monsters, aliens, all over my walls, and that doesn't phase them. No. Nova drinks out of Darth Maul, and she looked at me once, a, a mug, and she looked at me once and said, his brains are tasty. Like, all right, fucking fantastic. Knock yourself out. But it's that kind of thing. I mean, Nova had a a nightmare about zombies, but did she? Or did she just want to sleep in the bed with us? I think she really did. No, the nightmare, she said the first half of the nightmare was about spiders. She told me spiders. The second half was about zombies. Yeah. I don't know. But the thing is, you can't escape zombies because that's like everywhere. Right. Zombies are mentioned on My Little Pony, because I, I, we were watching episodes the other day. She's not really afraid of zombies. She pretends no, to be Ghoulia from certain, Monster High. Yeah, so. they're not afraid of zombies. And I've shown them some zombies that are, you know, like desiccated and stuff. Not not the wet ones, but the dry gore. And uh, they're fascinated that there's a person in there. Like I showed her the, the bicycle girl, not the fact that she was cut off at the waist, but the makeup and the teeth from uh first episode of Walking Dead. And then I opened up iPhoto and I said, 
that's the girl that played her. And they said, you met her. I'm like, yeah, she was like super nice. Yeah, but it scared them to go into the Halloween party store. That That was was different. That was too much for them. That was jump scares. No, it was, um, there were really gory things like gory baby and stuff. In oh, yeah, but no, Nova we Nova definitely wasn't having any of that even before we no, got to that. No, that was But too much. she was also three and a half, wasn't she? Yeah, and it was so, also the store was laid out really wrong. It, how do you mean? Because when you went in, yeah, it was the jump scares, like you step on this and a spider jumps. It was the up. expensive stuff in the front. That, that but, but when you went to the back to go to the makeup and the wigs, that's mm. where they had all the really gory babies and stuff like that. But they had wigs for children, so it was oh. like... You shouldn't have this stuff okay. here. That should be with the stuff that's really gory, like the gory masks with knives and all I that. Gotcha. That should have been with this stuff. It, it was really merchandised. You mean we... you mean you mean build it up as you go further back. It, it should kind of been... like how Spencer's used to be in the beginning. It's like T-shirts and shot yeah. glasses, and then in the back it's naked grannies on greeting right. cards. Right. It it should have been the back room should have been the gory stuff for yeah. older people the I gotcha. more, and the adult costumes because yeah. they also didn't quite understand a lot of the like really buxomy type costumes and stuff and slutty mini mouse. Yeah, that yeah. that stuff should have been in the back. Yeah. It, it just like a video store, put the family stuff out front and put your right. porn in the back. So yeah. it should have yeah. been that. Yeah. But they love Halloween though. They do. I mean, and they love monster stuff. Like we watch scenes from Bride of Frankenstein and all that just to show them where their monster high stuff came from, you know? Well, but it's but it's scenes. It's not like right. they're not going to sit through all of Frankenstein. No, not at their age. But back to what you were saying that the parents don't listen hmm. when they go in. We've taught them from the very beginning that you, if they want to look at something, they can definitely look at something, but it has to go back on the shelf if we're not getting it that day. Yes, and, and that's something we've like hammered into them from well, day one. I would take them to Target and. Um, when they were super, super young, like it'd be like, oh, hey, I'm thinking about getting this Star Wars guy. Here, why don't you hold on to it and take a look at it? And then they get used to looking at it. They hold it. They whatever. And then it, I would obviously pick like a battle droid. Like I don't, I'm not going to buy a battle droid. Right? Maybe an aqua droid, but not. And I'd be like, you know what? I don't need this today. And I would go put it back. It was going to be for me. I was going to buy it. And I put it back. So you got to show that example of doing that, and we've only had maybe six instances where they put up a fight. I only remember two. I've had a few. I've only had two because they get to hold everything. Well, I've had a few where I have to get down with them and say, why are you doing this? Your birthday's in like two months. Christmas is whatever. I put it on your list, that kind of thing. And that's how I could tell what it is they really want. We've We've only had the two instances where Ripley freaked out because she really wanted something, but she was having a bad day, and it was around her nap time. Yeah. And then mostly, and it's weird, we always seem to be, it's me and the girls, we seem to be in a store where there's a screaming kid two aisles away, and they stop what they're doing and say, what is that? I'm like, oh, I don't know, Like, but we'll mind mm. our own business, you know? Right. And then you can hear the kid screaming, I want... And they actually will say, "Oh, that that kid's not using his manners." Yeah, we don't yell that in the store. Yeah, you should put it on a wish list. Like yeah. they say that. 
Well, having the phones, having the using iPhones or Androids or whatever, where you can add stuff to Amazon, and then come home and they can look at it and see that it's on there, and then they actually get it. That helps. But they're usually good about it, and then but unfortunately, when we say you can use your own money, mm. they get very mad at us because we come home and then they break open the piggy bank like the time Nova needed eight dollars, mm-hmm. and we told her she'd have to clean her room eight times, and she said, "I don't, I don't want to clean my room eight times for eight dollars." Well, then you don't get eight dollars. And and she went up and she demanded that we count the money in her piggy bank. Yeah, because she knew she had eight dollars in there. Yeah. She she did. She actually had more than that, but we didn't tell her. Right. Because yeah, that was kind of dickish. But no, whatever. because we don't want her to be like, okay, just because you want it doesn't mean you're going to get it today. Well, that's the thing is they she can't make spend all they her make money. they make when they when they bust open their piggy bank, it's an impulse buy, and yes. it's a bad decision, and we know it's a bad decision, but they're too young to process the fact that it's a bad decision. So you got to kind of steer the like like if we went into the store. And there was um, what's his Gill and Torali were on the shelf. the The first thing that we would do is, I think you would take them to the restroom. I would pick them up. I would take them, buy them, and put them out in the car. Well, they. But if it was a if it was another character that's like a secondary or 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 you know tertiary character that like they like then, okay, yeah, fine, use your money. But if it's one that they're really always looking for, like we do that, you know, smoke and mirrors distraction thing because we did that a couple times for their birthday and Christmas. But, yeah. But they've also taken money. Like we've gone where we know we're going to go somewhere like the craft store, and I'll say, take some money out of your piggy bank. We count it out, and they actually spend it. And it makes them feel good. But they don't get to do it all the time. No. They don't get something every time we go out. No. And lately what we've been doing is they've been making like their own dinners. They make their own lunches. Mm-hmm. They actually started packing stuff in their own lunchbox for their for school. Yeah. And they're, they're really I, proud I of think, that. I think the way we're raising them, and this might be, I, I know some people will agree with this, is um, in, to me it seems like there were a lot of people in the 80s that, both families are working. A lot of kids got ignored, so they felt slighted. So they made up for that in the 90s by overcompensating. I will always be here for my kid. Scheduling play dates, all that's like like kids shouldn't have more on their plate than we do right. as adults. And then now there's a backlash toward the helicopter parenting yeah. where it's like, where it's like, and it's it's kind of the best of both worlds, I'm going to say, because, you know, that's what I'm doing. So, of course, it's the best thing, right? Where it's you allow them and you f- sort of force them to be uh, as self-sufficient as their age allows, mm-hmm. but you're still there. Well, that's what you I know did. You know what to, I mean? I did that to Nova the other day. She asked for something and I said... You can go do that. And she went, I I can? Can't you do it? I said, no, you go do it. You're five now. You go do it. <laughs> yeah. And she did. Hmm. And Well, they, what did she have to do? I can't remember, but she wanted me to do something for her. And I said, no, you go do it. And then this morning, I was putting something away, and she's, I went into the living room, and she said, I would like a juice box. And I said, go get one. 
I hear the chair being dragged across the kitchen. I mm-hmm. hear the fridge. I hear the chair dragged back again. She came in and she said, guess what? I took the chair, stood up on it without your help, and I got the juice box because it was at the very top of the fridge. What happened to the ones on the bottom of the door that I put for there for Oh, they're long gone. They drank those uh, like no as long tomorrow. As, as long as we have some for their lunch boxes for school, that's uh, fine. Oh, that's all you this week. I don't care. I'll have to figure that out. Yeah. But, but she said, I did it by myself. I didn't need you to help me. And I said, that's good because you're a big girl now. Right. Well, that and, gives them a sense of accomplishment and that but confidence that's what they that... Need. I mean, I can't tell them, be confident. It doesn't work that way. No, you, have you have to, to show them. No, you have to let them. Well, you have to let them do things. And and it's not like we're, we're having them do dangerous stuff. Like No, they like, do that all on their own. Yeah, you said, you know, well, go get, go get your leap pads and your cords and we'll plug them in. And as you're saying that, even though I was tired and I needed to go to sleep, I thought, oh, they're plugged in. So... Nova's downstairs. She's sitting in the. She's sitting on the sofa. She's got all the cords on her lap, and I'm like, "Do you know how to unplug stuff?" And she's like, well, "You pull it out of the thing, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, but it's on an extension cord." And I and so I explained to her. I sat down with her and I said, "Look, this is how it works. Electricity goes through these two metal prongs. Don't touch these metal prongs. It hurts. Trust me, I know. I've touched it before." And she's like, "Because uh, if you." If you say, don't touch this, it's hot, which we'll probably get to in a second, that doesn't matter as much as I've done this and it hurts. Mm -hmm. Then they're like, oh, that's like personal firsthand knowledge. that's something else. I don't know about your parents, but mine didn't ever say, I did that when I was your age and this was the result. It was always, they never told me how it was when they were kids. Hmm. It was never. Yes, I made mistakes like that too. Yes, I. Well, that's that's I another. Your parents are a different generation than my parents, and your parents are further removed from the sharing information than even my parents yeah. are. So, like, sixties, seventies, eighties, like it was a little more, a little more, a little more. And then nineties was like way too much. We know way too many kids that grew up way too fast Mm -hmm. because they were treated like adults. The only thing we've done is we didn't use fucking baby talk with with the girls. We just talked to them. We may have used smaller words, but when Ripley says is when 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 we're walking through the mall and she says, "Can I go do that?" and I and I and I said and I say what? And she doesn't say the escalator. She says the automatic stairs. It's like, all right, well, I guess we're doing well, that she right. She said that with the van. Right. They they learned the word automatic when they were like three years old, well, and they also learned oscillation. Yeah, you just teach them the words, and they will retain them. But we had the iron today. on the ironing board today, yeah. and I you said did. to Ripley. Don't touch that. It's hot. Yeah. And you said basically she was almost ironing her hand. Well, she had one hand on the on the top of the iron to steady herself so she could use, you know, pivot it down. And it was like three or four inches from her other hand. If she had moved it, it would have moved right into her hand, and then we wouldn't have been able to make it to Frank's show tonight. So I told her it would burn her skin off. Yeah, well, I heard that. I'm like, well. And she went, ugh. And I'm it like, would, it would turn touch it. it. It would turn it red. For sure, and it would probably blister. And then I said, do you remember getting a sunburn and how much that hurt? 
Yeah. She said, yes, I said it would be way worse than that. Yeah. But that's sometimes it has to be. These are the consequences. There's, a, there's very few times where we just yell no or say I, stop. I said the other day to them something about goofing around on the chairs because sometimes they stand on a chair to watch me cook dinner. Right. And they were goofing around and they nearly slid off the chair. And I, without even thinking, said, you have to really watch yourselves because you're going to fall off and like just crack your head open. Yeah. And they said, "What? well, what happens? Would, do, would my brains come out? And I said, <laughs> well, Nana fell one time and she... Had to have stitches in the back, and I explained what stitches were. Right, which is like the fourth time we've explained what stitches are. So, Until they see them, they're not going to get it. Right. So I said, Nova said to me today something about the chair, and she said, "I'm going to be very careful because I don't want to fall down and break my bones, hmm. and that would be bad." I said, "There you go." Yeah. But I, I find I tell them more and more stories. I'll say, when I was your age. Hmm. This is what I did. Oh, yep. I always use, I make that mistake too. I, I'm not perfect. They're going to figure that out really, really quick, and they actually already yeah. have. Yeah. So I'm not about to be like, well, I'm the mom, and that's the end of the story, and that's it. I actually will say, well, I'm, I've made that mistake the, too. The least helpful thing you can say to win an argument or to shut a child up is because I said so. Because then the kid's thinking, well, you're full of shit. Fuck you. We've only said that when, when it's like when I say no to something, you have to believe me. I've I've said um, because that's the way it is, or because I actually said because I said so the other day, and then when the situation calmed down after a couple seconds, because it was something like you know mm-hmm. don't touch the dog while he's eating, she's eating, or something, you know, something that's <laughs> stupid dog. Dogs just start barking for no reason. She's old. She doesn't no, that's know Boo. anymore. That's Oscar. That's Oscar now, yeah. Um, if it's a situation where it's like, I need you to stop doing what you're doing immediately. Why don't I go see what they're doing? No, leave them alone. Did they, you lock the front door? They, doesn't matter. Nobody's coming in. We would have heard them on the porch. Um, and Frank's not coming to do the show tonight. We know that. Let him, uh, The thing is, like, like... Now, it's like an hour past the time Frank would have shown up to do the show. So, they're anticipating that. The dogs kind of know that. Like, Thursdays, they'll start barking because that's the day he normally shows up. So, the dogs will start barking 20 minutes before he gets here, 20 minutes after, whatever. They're, they're fine. They'll stop. Um, but once the situation calms down, I'll say, this is why I said that. And... You can't underestimate how helpful and how informative it is to just tell your kid why the fuck you're saying what you're saying. Yeah. Because then they'll go, oh, if they know there's a reason behind it, it'll be like, oh, that's that's why I don't stick my hand in the garbage disposal. You know, you, you had a tiny little freak out and... W- it's very rarely that now between the two of us, we will disagree with each other openly in front of them. Uh, I showed the girls how to hand people knives because we clean out the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's carving knives, there's steak knives, there's cheese knives, whatever. And Nova's really good at it. Ripley's not so good at it. Ripley's the artist. Nova is the technician. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it is. Ripley, I have knives. She says it was scissors too. Yeah, but Nova is like she'll she'll hold it in her hand. She'll hold the handle. She'll put her fingers on the blade. She'll turn it upside down. She'll hand one at a time. Hand them to you. 
Ripley will throw she'll, them at you. She'll do it with butter knives, too. It's like, it's a knife. Fuck it. I'm handing it to you the right way. Ripley will hold two of them in her fist and be like, here you go. Like, oh, Ripley will whip them at him. But she's getting there. Like but you the have thing a bullseye is, behind you. But, but Nova, like, you just expect that from them. This mm-hmm. is how you do it. This is the way it's done. And they'll do it. They're very adaptable. It's very fast. Like, with all the toys in my room, they'll ask, can I see that one or whatever? And they, they like the, the Kaminoans, the, the cloners with the long necks. Right. And I let them play with them for a little bit, and then I take them back and I put them on the shelf. And if I didn't, they're going to come in here one day and trash the place. Mm-hmm. But if I let them, and we come in and we talk about them, and we talk about the ones on the shelves, and we look at the comic books, like... Ripley woke up early the other day. We went to Newberry Comics and we got um, the My Little Pony series. They had issues one, three, and four of the regular series. And they had a micro series, one with one pony, one with another. So we got, we picked up five books. And Ripley woke up early. I was up before everybody else. I don't know what the hell was going on. And um, we read it. And. We put it back in the bag, put it on the shelf, because we're going to try and take care of those, because you know anything they touch turns to trash, because they were four and mm-hmm. three, and they don't know how to read yet, so they're getting close. They're like, getting there. Like, yeah. they, 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 when I was taught to read, it was sound the word out, all that. We didn't have hooked on phonics or any of that stuff, but... I sat and I tried to analyze how I read. And it's not reading, it's recognizing after a certain amount of time. Like, I'm looking at the stuff on the walls, and if you wrote The Empire Strikes Back in the Phantom Menace font, then I would have to really look at it. But if I see the Phantom Menace font, I know I don't have to read it. I I know what it says. Like if I see the S connected to the T, it could say you know stop in the Star Wars font, but and, but that's how they know Despicable Me. Like that's how they know Bolt through the fonts. Well, they initially. We also had those flashcards that you were trying to get them to sound it out, and they were ready to lose their minds until we were reading the back of the card pack that said they were recognition words where. Yeah. You're not supposed to sound them out. You're just supposed to kind of memorize them, and then you right. see them all the time. Right, and you just recognize words. Like I, you know, f- before I started doing the podcast and Bill had me reading feedback, I wasn't that good at reading out loud, and I've gotten a lot better. I'm not fantastic, I don't think, but I can, I can scan ahead in what I'm reading, understand how the... the um, the inflection is supposed to be and kind of make it sound more conversational than just a flat out monotone reading of it. And, um, as you do that, you're just recognizing words. You're not technically reading them. The only time I actually am reading like is when I come across, uh, a foreign word, Japanese, Italian or whatever, or a name. And I have to try to pronounce it. The rest of it's just word recognition strung together in sentences. But we told the girls that once you learn this word, you know it. Right. And then you don't have to sound it out again. Because I think in their head, they're thinking, fuck, this is what everybody does all the time. They have to sound out every word they ever read. 
And I was unpacking a whole bunch of books that I got from Randy, which thank you so much, Randy. So many books that I'm never, ever going to be able to finish reading all of them. And I held one up to Nova and I said, what's this say? And she said, popcorn. Yeah. It was a white book. It had the word popcorn in red in a red circle and it had red lines. So it looked like a popcorn cup. But when they say stuff like that, I'm like, all right, which word's corn? To see, did they recognize, you know, was it just a reaction like that's a popcorn container? There's pieces of popcorn on it, that kind of thing. And she points out the right word and she read it. So they can read, but they can't. They're in this they're, they're in this like gray it. area of they're starting to understand it. Well they um they got leap pads for their birthday. Right. And they love them more than anything. Yeah. And I really see a big difference because they're really they're really starting to get it. What are they playing on them? Because there's I say playing them, because they're all learning games. There's a lot of them like um That'll that'll say like the word in and its rhyming words. And okay. It's um the blue dog, and you point to the blue dog, and it, it gives you. It's a lot of instruction. Okay. Um, like Nova loves the Tiana one. Tiana cooks, uh-huh. and she has to put certain ingredients in, and she cooks. And then the very next lesson is a little bit more advanced than that, and she absolutely loves it because it's steps. But what does it teach you? It's a, it's kind of um, not cause and effect, but more sequential. Like okay. You do this, then this, then this, and then to go further than that, you do this, this, this. Okay. Like it's, it's really working nicely with them. Hmm. Okay. Are they actually learning from them? Yes, I think they are. Okay. Because we, a lot of times when we drive in the car. The new game we've been doing is everybody has to come up with a letter and you have to name as many words as you can to begin with that letter. And they're learning also about words that are like Matt, Cat, Pat, right. Sat. So they have to really kind of think about it. Okay. And um, then it's rhyming words. We do stuff like that. And mm. then they, we were singing a song and they, they learned a song in school. And was it about the turtle with the bubble in his throat? It's about the turtle with the bubble in his throat. The yeah. turtle, turtle eats all the soap in the tub, and it's right. a really catchy tune, and they absolutely love it. Right. They were in the tub today, and Ripley sang a different song because they were pretending to be mermaids, and she made up the song about a mermaid in the tub swallowing the soap and everything, and she okay. kept it going with a mermaid. So she's adapting what she's learning right. with new things. Okay. And I thought that was really interesting because they're not stuck with that. But right. we do that a lot in the car where we make up silly songs. Like we'll sing a regular song and then just, we make just up to get them thinking. Just to get them thinking. Well, and wanna, they're very good at it. I want to put it out there to anybody that, that sings or, or, or anything. Um, the girls will sing. They know the words to songs. But they don't have. It's it's monotone, or it's like, or it's crazy all over the place. Like how? What is the step that is taken to go from? Okay, you're pretty close to the note that it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but you're kind of like uh, no 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 no. You're just reciting the words. How do you explain how to get emotion or inflection into the voice? 
because I think Ripley would be really good if she just got past the, I'm going to sing a song and I'm going to, you know, like she's Leonard Cohen and she's oh. just, she's just like, everybody knows. And it's like, Ripley, come on, you're singing Smile, Smile, Smile by Pinkie Pie. That's not She'll the kind of. Smile, smile, smile. Yeah, they recite Everybody's the words. Smile. They don't sing Instead the words. Instead of bringing her voice up and down and up and down. Right, right. But they're not like there's, there's the one Cutie Mark Crusader song where they're all over the place on the notes and that's the actual song. But, but they're not that bad as as like being off key. But you know what? When she makes up songs on her it's own, different. She sings it yeah. up and down. Her voice goes up and down. Yeah. It's it's emotion, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's really it's weird when she makes it up herself. She sings really great. Yeah. So what what um, out of all the five years, not the not the trouble that we had with with getting them, um. But what is the what is the most disappointing thing? What about having them? What? Yeah, like what what do you want to see change? I, I don't know what you mean. The hardest thing and the most frustrating thing for me is the fact that um is is the way they speak because Nova knows how to say the right like like G and hard K sounds oh, and stuff like oh. that. Ripley talking to Ripley about it. And I, I can't say it to her face, but I'll say she said, you know, thank, thank you. She says, yes. thank you a lot, but she says, stank you. And we say, what? We're stinky. What? Yeah. And I, and I say, no, it's, Thank, and she doesn't look at me when when I say it. She like looks away. She's like, "Oh, here we fucking go again." Yeah, that's like, pretty I'm, much the look she gets. Yeah, and I'm like, "Your your tongue has to go between your teeth." Look, and I over exaggerate it. That's why Nova says three when she says she it. She rolls her R's. Yeah, it's really she neat. does. So all of a sudden she went three, but she'll also say pink. Yeah, she has and to make she, sure that she the, will yell it at you. Yeah, but that K, but she got that hard K sound, which it. isn't easy. And that'll start to even off, and 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 it'll and it'll hopefully back down a little bit. Yeah. But I'll say I'll I'll, I'll say to Ripley I'll say thank, and she'll go stank, thank stank, thank stank, thank stank, and I just want to be like, are you fucking listening to me? It's like it's like when I used to talk to Ty at work. His last name's Nguyen, and I would say, so, so, what? How am I saying this wrong? And he'd say, it's, it's Nguyen. And I'd say, Nguyen. And he'd go, no, Nguyen. Oh, Nguyen. No. And I'm like, fuck, it sounds the same. But it's stank, is what stank, like you stanky ass bitch, is what she's saying. And it's thank, as in thank you very much. And it's like, you, oh, come on. You just, ugh. Well, I, I would have to say for me, it would be that. I wish I could take away their shyness mm. and just give them that confidence because I can see them reacting to things how I used to when I was little. And I don't yeah. think it's anything that we're doing. I think it's just their nature. And I, as their parent, I can see how it can affect things, and it, that bothers me. Yeah. Because I would love for them to just be like, yeah, I'm going to conquer the world and I'm out there and just to be very I, sure yeah, of themselves. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. And I was not super confident myself either growing up. I I put it out there and pretended. 
but I would go home and, you know, there were, there was all kinds of things that I contemplated growing up and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but that's what I would like. I don't know to why really they work with them to be, but I don't, I don't know why they're not confident, but no matter what we do, like Louis CK says, you know, you do the best you can, you do something and it's like, well, there's permanent damage there and you move on. It's like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what we've. What are you doing? There was a there was a bug on your microphone. Don't worry. Where? It's over there on the counter now. Here. Okay, ew. Yeah. Squish it with that. There we go. Now Boo will bark. So. Oh, because she thinks someone's knocking. Yeah. But that's something I see that breaks my heart. But I don't know I, I'd like why. Them to be, like what? It's not with everything that? too. It's just like Nova with a new situation. Sometimes she can barrel right into it. And, yeah. You know, and she's all set for it. And then sometimes she's so shy. You're like, but who we, are you? You're not this kid normally. But see, I've done I've done things to show them that like you shouldn't be afraid. And I've done things that fucking terrify me. Like I, I. I, I've sang and I've played in clubs and I've gone and done stuff that is so far outside of my comfort zone to say, look, you can do whatever it is you want to do right. and you can. And, and, and I'll tell them, I'm like, I was nervous up there, but you can't tell. Right. But I don't, I don't know where it came from. I, I don't think it came from anywhere. I think I it's know. just one that's, of those that's things. That's the worst part is like there's no identifiable source. No, and it's something we can't we can't fix. We can't just be like, okay, well, we're going to do this differently. It's almost like yeah. they have to go through it. Well, the and toughest part that's is... That's very hard to see. The toughest part is, is Nova's going to grow up like a little wisp and Ripley's going to grow up like a fucking tank. Well, that's that's just her physical... Yeah, appearance. She she's a solid kid. She is. She has your body type. I can pick Nova up with one hand, and Ripley strains my back a little bit. Yeah, but that's just. But how she's not she's fat. Up. She's also like two inches taller than her sister. Yes. But and she's, she's also, and she's the little sister. And she's solid. Yeah, like she is solid. Nova, when she was two, they were walking down on the sidewalk with with their grandmother, and mm-hmm. the wind actually blew Nova. Over, yeah, and she fell on like the no, ground. like like literally, not even an exaggeration. There was the day when we came back and from the trip. Mom, all your mom kept saying was the wind just. She didn't trip. She didn't do anything. The wind yep. just blew her over. Now that's how light this kid is. It's like she's a bird with hollow bones. Yeah, but Ripley, Ripley isn't like that. She's. She's solid, but she's not a fat kid, and she's and don't say she's a tank in front of her because that's you know going to give her a complex. Uh, no, she is a tank. She's solid and she's square. She banged her head on the table the other day. She was hiding under the table, and she went to come up from it. She banged her head on it, and then she put her head down on the floor. And I said, "Are you all right?" She went. It. I figured she was crying, like oh my head, because yeah. that's normally she just went. Oh, my head. Yeah, I've got to look out. Like, well, that's like, because also when they get hurt, we don't coddle them. No, it's more like, did Ripley, your arm fall off? You're okay. Let's Ripley go. ran she, the other day. She she was wearing socks because it was chilly in the morning, and she came running into the living room and she fell, and she just her feet just flew out from under her. And I'm like, oh, that was pretty bad. And I laughed at her. I started laughing. I'm like, that was a good one. You went halfway across the room. 
And she got up, and I'm like, are you okay? Because she had that look on her face, like, I'm going to start crying. And she's like, my socks are slippery. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, hey, fucking right. Better stop running around. But, like, 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 they'll run through the room, and, like, I'll, you know, swing a hand out and smack them in the butt as they walk by or, or run by just to, like, antagonize them. And um, in the back of my head, I'm thinking... <laughs> That's punishment to some kids is getting yeah. smacked in the butt and I smack them and they laugh and run away. And then when I get up, they try to smack me in the leg or something. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, I don't know how healthy that is. What kind of fetish is that going to produce later on in life? You don't need to know. <laughs> no. You just don't need to no, know. No, I don't. I don't. But that's the thing is, it's, is it's if you treat pain and injury like it's a like it's a terrible heart stopping thing. Like the other day when I had a splinter in my foot, that kind of hurt to walk on, yeah. and I had you, I had you pull it out because it was just a weird part of the under, underside of my foot that I couldn't see very well. We brought Nova in because she is terrified of fucking splinters. Yeah, and you dug into my foot, and it didn't hurt. The bottom of my foot's kind of thick, you know. And I'm like, see, that wasn't so bad. And it was all to show her. Well, she also fell off her scooter and screamed so loud, I I figured your mother would have heard it miles miles away. But she kept screaming all the way into the house, all the way into the bathroom. Until I, she saw her knee. And I said, Nova, did your leg fall off? Yeah. No. But we joke about it But the all thing the is, time. what we talked about after that was, are you going to get back on the scooter? Right. Because I, ta- I told her about the time I was, I said, I was, uh, a dog bit me in the butt. And really, it was like it was like the upper part of my thigh, and it was a full-grown German Shepherd, and I was nine years old. And I'm like, we have dogs in the house, so you can't be afraid to get back on that scooter because the dog almost took my leg off. So, but that's how we do everything with them. We joke about a lot of stuff, yeah, because we don't want them to be growing up and and scared of everything or not right. see everything with a sense of humor because right. There's going to be stuff in their lives that isn't going to be pleasant, so right. handle whatever and it's, you and can it's with same, laughter. And it's the same with um, with nudity. Like, they're naked. We, we're naked. People have a real issue with yeah. that. I, I have people, some people that I work with that have, have asked me, they're like, do you get undressed in front of your kids? I'm like, yeah, why not? And they're like, well, and, and you let them see you? I said, I am who I am. I and think it's you- weirder for you to get undressed in front of me than it is for me in front of my kids. My kids yeah. are, are part of me. They're my genetic material. They're little clones of me. But they've asked you are, me. You're some stranger off the street in comparison. They've, they've asked me, like, you know, why is that big? Why is this? Why is this? And I just yeah. tell them straight off. And When and, you said, why is that big? You're talking about me, right? Yeah. 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 But when when they've <laughs> when they've asked things, I just tell them. Yeah. And people at work were really interested because they said, you know, aren't you embarrassed? You know, because because I am overweight and I and everything. Uh, and embarrassed and I, about what? And I said, I don't tell them that that I'm fat. I don't mm. want them to get that complex. I said, as far as they're concerned, I'm just their mom. Yeah. That's it. I said, no. In I, a little while, it's going to start to be an issue where we'll I, need to set a better well, example yeah. for them. But I, I don't I don't make it like, like like next week. Like oh don't don't look at me because I'm naked because I do not want them to have that stigma no. either. The no. only thing now that we have to work on is privacy in the bathroom because they think it's okay that no matter where you are they can bust in and go, Mom, 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 mom. Yeah. Can I have a peanut butter jelly sandwich? 
Where's yeah. Dad? He's in the other room. I'm I'm they, literally four feet away from you with a wall divided they, in between us. They go ask Dad and don't ask me. I'm in the bathroom. That's yeah. the only time. But otherwise, yeah. And when we watch movies, it's gonna be like like nudity isn't gonna be a problem. Non-sexual nudity isn't an issue. No. Because it's just that's that's how it is. I mean. There was a there. They've been watching me play a couple of games here and there, and there was one monster, and it was a girl, and she broke out of this cocoon, and she was, for all intents and purposes, naked, but she had uh, there were no vagina, no no nipples, but she was whatever, right. you know, and and they were more concerned with the fact that this one that has been turned into a monster is attacking her sister uh, than the fact that she was naked. And I'm like, well, that's a fucking parenting win right there because they have empathy for the fact that this one's a monster and she can't help what she's doing. I'm like, all right, but awesome. They, have, they also have no problem with nudity. They'll run around the house naked if you let them. <sighs> yeah. And Ripley's whole thing right now is butt jokes. Oh Anything my God, is about the butt butts. jokes, yeah. And you can't get frustrated with it. You have to just let it roll because honestly, she... She thinks it's funny. Like yeah. Nova the other day, our big rule in the car is you have to say when you're buckled because they buckle themselves. Right. So we can get the car rolling. Right. And, and that's something else too. It's like they were they were three. We started a lot of yeah. this when they were three, when they had the dexterity to do stuff. And I would put them in the seat and they would say, buckle me. And I'd say, no, you do it. Yeah. And it's a little tough when they're bundled up with all their coats and stuff and that we would help them a little bit here and there, but I haven't had to buckle them. In months. I've only had to do it when we have to go somewhere fast. Well, but, yeah. But the other day, Ripley Ripley said she was buckled and then Nova tooted. And she said, that's how I'm going to say I'm buckled from now on. And I said, good luck trying to control that. <laughs> but we laugh about it. But you know what? They A lot of times when we say, you do it. Yeah. Well, that comes back at you because it was one time I asked them to take something in the kitchen. They turned right around and said, you can do it. Hmm. You're a grown up girl. And, and I, did you say, yeah, I could? And you got it. Did you get up and, and do it? And I said, yes, but would you do it for me, please? And they said, okay. You really got it the other night, though, because uh, we uh, Ripley got a new helmet because she has a gigantic oh. head. She, she's just tall. No, she's growing. no. The problem it's a different is different shape than Nova's. It's a different shape than normal humans. No, she has a she has an odd shaped head just like I do. Okay. You know the Boba Fett helmet that we got for them that has yeah. that harness inside that fits on their head? Yeah. I can wear it without that. I know. Okay? It rests on my nose like glasses. It's like it's like just it's the same size as my head. Okay? Um I back when Don Post was putting out Boba Fett masks, I'm like, "Oh, this is awesome. I'll buy one of these." And I put it on and it didn't fit. It was too small. The gigantic space helmet You're was also too small on my tall. head. But so Ripley got a new helmet, and um, she dresses her her you know same scale Grover in her clothes. <laughs> He's a puppet. <laughs> so Grover was in bed, in her bed, wearing a shirt, a hoodie, a skirt, pants, mm. the helmet, and sunglasses, monster high sunglasses. And you said to her, "Go ahead." Grover can't be in your bed wearing a helmet. Mm-hmm. Because it's too hard. They can only have soft things in their bed. And I believe you told me, she said, but mom, he's been in my bed for three days with the helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, that doesn't matter now. Take him out today. <laughs> yeah. 
That is the yeah, first. So, so that what is do the. You, what do you do when they're like, yeah, bitch? What are you gonna do about it? He's been here all along. <laughs> okay. You say you win because that is you've learned to uh, uh, use past precedent as an example of why you can continue to do stuff because our complacency in allowing that has allowed that we're that's we're fine with that because we didn't stop it in the first place and she fucking called us out on it both of us because i was up there reading to them the night before yeah and she was right so i'm not about to say we're in fucking trouble yeah i don't say you know well, oh, come on, get out of your Mom, you didn't stop us when we were having sex before. Why are you stopping us now? Yeah, I know. That's going to oh, be the thing. shit. Yeah. <laughs> We've been having sex for a year. Oh, right? fantastic. You didn't notice it then. Yeah. All right, why don't we take a break and um, we're going to, we're going to, we'll come back and um, what are we at? An hour? We'll do like a half hour more. This week um, was tough. You're on the show this week because Frank has his play he had rehearsals uh both nights we would have normally recorded he the show was tonight um you had work too well i was getting to that um i asked him if he wanted to do it on sunday so we could broadcast it but he's working at the theater late and then he's in it at um starbucks at like five in the morning so he would have had no time to sleep and i can't do that to him and then i swapped my schedule around so I closed on Friday, opened on Saturday, and now I'm doing the full open tomorrow, so i got to get to bed soon. And then you have more winter wrap-up stuff tomorrow that you have to do. Why are you laughing? Because it's funny. I don't know. It's I have just... to go to work, but you get to clean the house. Yeah, well, what did when you were at work the other day, what did I do? I cleaned. I don't know. The kid, you came home. I had the, a lot of laundry to do you, for you. You so. came home and the kitchen was clean because I did yes, all the you dishes. You actually did do all the dishes. I am very thankful for that dishwasher. Because seriously, having the dishwasher cuts an hour of time out if like we cook something that uses a lot of dishes or whatever. It cuts out. <laughs> right. It, it cuts out a lot of time. Because the girls like to, um, the girls like to help me empty the dishwasher out yeah. and load it up. But See, then you get sick when we cook dinner. Hey, you enjoy cooking dinner. I can, but you enjoy. The other night, I, I made them uh, macaroni and cheese while you, you did made something microwave else. Microwave macaroni and cheese. It takes three minutes. What that took that took seven minutes because it was three and a half minutes for each one. But no, I did that while you were working on something else. Um, you did that while I cooked dinner. Yeah. Well, no, we were just reheating stuff, weren't we? No. What it was a- taco night. Oh, that was the first taco night. Because what I have you do is I have you make a double thing of taco meat so that I can have tacos the next night. And then I make a whole bunch of inappropriate taco jokes that never end up going anywhere. Anyway, um, I we never had a dishwasher in this house when I lived here. You were actually saying why... Frank couldn't record with you. That's what the I know. I, I finished. I finished that was. whole thing, but you know, you load up the dishwasher, and then while your dishes are magically being washed, you can do other shit instead of standing in front of the sink. And with my height, because we we're talking, I was talking about this with um, with Lindsay and and Todd at um, at the girls' birthday party because they were in the other room. With my height, the fact that the sink comes to like just below belt level on me and then bending over for an hour to clean dishes, 
I said, I'm better off pulling this chair over to the sink and sitting in front of it and doing it that way. That's why I never did dishes, because it, like, physically hurt. I know you're making that face and you don't believe me, but that's the truth. Yeah. All right, so we'll be right back, okay? Now that we've lost everybody except maybe Angie. All right, (laughs) be right back. Simple. 
so I got a couple of articles here. You want to go th- go over a couple of things here? Okay. <laughs> you oh, sure? Sorry. So I found this article on Esquire, which I don't normally read because I find everything usually through Facebook. And it was called, Is Boston the Show Canceled? And they uh, made one sh- a show called a Boston? What? Wh- I don't even, was that English? No. Sorry, I was yawning again. Okay. No, and I thought there's no show called Boston, so I wonder what this is about. So I decided to read it. And you want to hear what it says? Sure. A bombshell plot twist announced by the FBI on Monday, and that was actually last Monday, claiming that they had uncovered the identity of the thieves behind an art heist from Boston's Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum two decades ago, has set into motion the sudden denouement to one of the city's most enduring mysteries, the first being that weird smell on the blue line. I've never been on the blue line. If you, Where does that go? Um, yeah, I don't know either. The aquarium, it used to, but I don't think it does anymore. Oh, okay. The news came 23 years to the day after two men dressed as police officers pulled off one of the most brazen crimes in art history, absconding with 13 works of art, including rare works by Degas, Rembrandt, and Vermeer, estimated at a value of over $500 million. Longtime followers of the case, one that has become woven into the city's folklore underbelly, may finally soon have the answers they've been waiting for. So why does this make me, a Bostonian, a little uneasy? You And this, is, this article is a little tongue-in-cheek. Um, it says, you may recall that about a year and a half ago, another one of the city's dangling plot lines was suddenly wrapped up with the capture of James Whitey Bulger, now on trial for his decades-long crime spree. Uh, it's long been speculated that Bulger may have had information on the Gardner heist. That would make sense. Of course. Uh, um, well, because if he's captured and now they have a lead on the people. I'm, what, he's talking? I'm, I'm assuming there's some kind of plea going on or information given up for leniency or something. Who knows? Uh, but it's just kind of weird that, you know, 23 years after... Uh, no one has any clue what's happening. Bulger gets captured. All of a sudden, we have a lead, mm. you know, and names, like actual names. Um, let's see. Of course, the apprehension of notorious... Uh, sorry, I lost track. Of notorious criminals is something we can all agree is generally Sound a it out. good thing. No, Frank was texting me because he's dropping off that chair that he borrowed. And I told him about the ice outside. He doesn't have to drop it off now. That's what I told him, too. Um, you told him to drop it off? No, I oh, told him he mean. doesn't have... Come on. He's probably exhausted. Oh, cut it out. <laughs> now I totally lost place. Of course, the apprehension of notorious criminals is something we can all agree is generally a good thing, even in Boston, but it's starting to feel a little like they're wrapping up all the loose ends in the final season of Boston, the series, uh, here, awful quick. Um, and then the, the tongue-in-cheek stuff is like, wait, are we being canceled? Certainly those aren't the only harbingers of na- of hasty cancellation. This past few months alone, we've seen the dramatic months-long illness of one of our main characters, Mayor Thomas Menino, and in an implausibly m- miraculous recovery. Another fan-favorite character, Wes Welker, was just written out of the story after finding work on more promising series on a different network, and he was traded to another Another uh, city. Uh, we've seen key characters of our story bookend with Affleck's return to victory at the Oscars, the Red Sox return to agony and awfulness, local villain Mitt Romney finally getting his comeuppance, 
the death of the plucky Boston Phoenix, and an answer to the question of who will carry on the Kennedy family political dynasty. Surprise, it's another Kennedy. That's not to but mention... The Bruins are doing good. Yeah. That's not to mention all the cameos from minor characters from seasons long past, both of the beloved stripe like Jonathan Richmond with that bizarre standalone state song episode and the mercifully forgotten. There's actually a link um, for, uh, for forgotten. Let's see. Let's see what that links to Mark Wahlberg. Oh, a funky bunch of reunions in the works. Great. Um, oh shit. I closed the link. Um, it's kind of an interesting way to think about it, though, isn't it? What? That, like, all of a sudden, everything is, like, being wrapped up. Let me get down to the end here. Um, maybe it's a good thing. Admittedly, oh. after a few... What? No, sorry. It's kind of a tangent thing. But whatever. That's what we thrive on. Well, what is it that, that Whitey Bulger, they were getting him on? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I haven't paid attention to that at all, really. Why what are you what are you thinking? Well, is there any other big huge like organized crime thing that they were Oh, I'm sure there there were a bunch of murders and stuff that like they is, were the, Is he the, gonna the... say Jimmy Hoff was buried right here or something? I mean is that <laughs> Yeah, he's under the gad and <laughs> who knows? He if anybody knows like the most about stuff going on it's probably him Mm. uh let's see maybe it's a good thing admittedly after a few strong first seasons including a pretty epic debut with that whole invention of america democracy thing up on the hub of the universe arcs then skipping ahead to the brady damon years boston has started getting a little overexposed spinning its wheels and dragging the story along past its natural conclusion it's taken a lot of flack from critics in the recent months as well the AV Club recappers have started giving Boston a string of B pluses lately. That's basically a death knell. And there are a lot of links to probably some other really funny stuff in here, too. Um, all I want to know now is what happens when it's all finally wrapped up. Will I blink out of existence? How will we perform on Netflix? Will my daddy issues ever end up getting resolved in some sort of heavy-handed allegory? Um, I... It, it it the the article I'll skip a couple of paragraphs here, but the article ends with I swear if some new evidence of the Chappaquiddick incident resurfaces or surfaces this week, I'm packing my bags and moving to Providence. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't see a problem with wrapping up the the Gardner Museum heist. Get the art back where it belongs. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of funny. I do I do see and appreciate. Um, where the author's coming from because a lot of stuff is going on and a lot of stuff is like weird isn't it like that that all this stuff all of a sudden with us here is is just coming to an end with us where what are you talking about here in boston it's like it's like we captured whitey bulger that that was like the one thing we had going you know i don't know i don't know i guess you don't care nope Fantastic. <laughs> that's that is what? Not, that that's just doesn't make for a good conversation, does it? I'm 
not having a conversation with you. You're doing all the talking. Well, I was reading an article. I thought we would have. I thought you don't like talking about all the other heavy shit that I no, normally I don't, bring up. So that really brings me down. So that's why I brought that up because it was light. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> you just didn't need <sighs> to really. You didn't need my input on that one. Oh, right? okay, great. Well, uh, you don't know really what's going on with Whitey Bulger, so how can we have a conversation about that? Because that's really where my question is. So. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I don't know the one thing you brought up that was only Well, you're reading an article that's based to... on that, so I would think you'd have more, you know, backstory. Let me ask you a question. All right. The big thing going... Are you going past interesting things over there, or are you actually like... Not really. Because you look like you're going towards the boring political stuff and not towards interesting No, actually, things. there's not a whole lot of political stuff going on because there's right. not a whole lot of elections happening. Okay, what? Um, There's a lot of... A lot of Rape is like a Ugh. big thing. Just hold on, hold on. Um, now, a lot of people are talking about how to like get the women to defend themselves, or um, it, it, it's all it's all victim based, like not legislation, but ideas. And some crazy motherfuckers out there seem to think that it's a good idea to start at, on colleges instead of telling women what to do or how to avoid being raped. That it's probably a good idea to tell the dudes to stop fucking raping people. How come that's not taught? You went to college. Was yes. any of that ever brought up? No, we had... Um... Uh, we've had found out that there was a girl that got raped on campus and a bunch of the guys that I hung out with knew who this guy was and mm -hmm. they knew that he was scum and they beat the living shit out of him. That's how it should be. And I don't know what happened after that. They never got pinned on it, but we all knew what really happened, but they really, you know, mm. they took him to town. Cause there was the, the Steubenville cases is, is the thing that, that, um, that that really but, is pushing this and all of the major news outlets were were saying oh these football players lives are ruined the girl was drunk blah 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 nobody ever said don't fucking rape people don't you think that and i know it's kind of a lot of after the fact but wouldn't you think that that would be a, a huge thing to discuss as a parent of a son yeah how are you raising your son and what kind of images are you giving? Not images, but what kind of ethics? Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure how to put it, but basically how, how are they being raised to treat girls? Mm. Well, and I think that you're going to definitely have some that no matter what that's in their genetic makeup. You mean that they're just a little off? Yeah. And that's what they're going to do, just like someone who would murder or yeah. anything like that. That it's it's a genetic that can't be cured, really. I'm not saying that's an excuse for anything. I think that a lot of the rapes that would happen is just an asshole. Mm. Yeah. Because it's control. So yeah. I think that that's something that really isn't discussed either of... How are boys being raised to mm -hmm. handle the opposite sex and 
It's all. It, it seems like the country's regressing to a certain point because there were a lot of dumb motherfuckers out there that defended these football players as an oh they made one bad mistake and now they have to pay for it for the rest of their lives. I'm sorry, my answer that's, to that. That's my answer not a to that mistake. Is, that's a choice they made. I know, but my answer to that is they stuck their dick in this girl, so they suffer for the rest of their lives. They should because that girl is going to suffer for the rest of her life because now Fox slipped her name out. She's underage. They, as far as I'm concerned, Fox committed a crime by releasing her name. And now she's getting harassed. Right. And she's going to be bullied into killing herself at some point. And what somebody needs to do is mail that girl a taser and a set of brass knuckles so she can start fucking swinging. And why is it that just because they're a fucking football player, they're excused from any because immoral players, act in life? Football players That's a are whole held giant problem. to the standard of excellence. But that's that another is problem so too. So undeserved. Oh, I can who, I can bounce a, a shit that I can play football. I can bounce a ball or hit one with a bat. So where's my free college ride? And meanwhile, the kid's like, I uh, I found a cure for cancer. Yeah, fill out an essay, asshole. But that's the thing is is most of these happening that uh, date rape and rape and rape is rape. No, you know. But what I mean is. Is it always the same type of guy? Because that's what you always hear: football player rape, blah blah blah. It's like, well, that's the thing. Does it, or it's like some? Let me, let me let me let me ask some. But then sometimes it's people that have known people for a long time. Right, but let me let me ask some questions that that could be inflammatory. Okay. Okay. Um, we see football players. Mm-hmm. Obviously, raping someone is a fucking dumb decision. You've got to be a dummy to do it. Mm-hmm. How many smart people rape other people? And that's something that I've been I've been going through online, and I've been reading comments in in um, multiple different areas with mm-hmm. multiple different kinds of people: uh, libertarian, uh, liberal, Democrat, Republican, uh, Catholic, Muslim. The most some of the most intolerant people I've ever read. In my life, honestly, um, fundamental, you know, or, or extreme, but not not the average every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't want to generalize because there are always exceptions to every rule. But the more liberal and accepting of other people you are, the more abhorrent the act is mm. and the dumber of a fucking stump you are the more likely you are to say well the girl was drunk i think intelligence plays into it i've never wanted or had the urge to rape somebody because guess what if i get horny and nobody wants to fuck me there's porn okay i have never forced myself on you just because i got to get me some because um, how do you live with yourself after that? Mm. Like even if you even if you say oh, I'm not really in the mood, all right. I can't I can't you know even we're married I could it still could be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I live in fear of the fact that you're going to say that, but it's it has to be consensual. So if you're not totally into it. And I can't, like, get you going by, you know, I guess poking you with it, I guess, while we're laying in bed. 
Yeah, we've all seen that meme. Um, I'm not going to like hold you down because sometimes some days, there's some days you're stronger than me. Uh, no, but th- you know what I mean. I'm trying to make light of it, and I shouldn't, but I think you know where I'm coming from. But that's it exactly. What I'm basically if saying not, is... If it's not consensual, it's not consensual. What, what I'm basically saying is, do you think it's true that the dumber you are, the more inclined you are to be that kind of person? Does less intelligence equal more animalistic instinct? Well, I think I'm not. A, I'm not a not, behavioral scientist. I, I, I so. think not only it would be that it would also be more um, less morals. D- d- it comes. Or, it comes down to. Or, but, but but you know, but, I'm sure these kids were good Christians. But I well, I'm also sure too quotes. that there are intelligent people out there that have been rapists because it's a control. Oh, I'm sure. I'm and sure, but not come from very prestigious not, backgrounds, but and, not high school or college jocks. I don't know. I I all, think all I, I know. I think that the whole well, they're football players. Let's just put them on a pedestal. That. It's like no, I, no. Since you're when, rapists since, now. Since when is it? If they killed somebody, would it be like? But you know what? We have to go to the championship. Well, look at O.J. Simpson. Look at O.J. Simpson. Not even just because of his skin color, but because he was a famous football player. Mm -hmm. Chris Rock said if he was a bus driver, he would be Orenthal the murdering bus driver. Not O.J. Simpson, if I did it with his fucking book. Yeah, we know you did. Asshole. Um, So I've decided that... That's okay. Whitey will... He'll let that out, too. Whitey Bulger? What... um, what I've decided with the girls is when they are old enough and they start dating, I'm going to show them what they need to do to disable a human being. Yeah. Which basically crush the fucking windpipe and gouge the eyes out with their thumbs. I don't care how gross that is, how squeamish they are, because the day they need to use that, they are going to be thankful. They know that they can jam their thumbs up to their knuckle in somebody's eye sockets. That'll stop you cold. If that won't kill an erection, I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. Because it comes down to their safety or someone else's life. And you do whatever you can to stop the person. Mm -hmm. So, because at that close range, what good is a gun? It wouldn't help you. No. Not not at the point where the guy's on top of you. No. I don't know. It, it just it, it bugs me the way the news portrayed the whole thing and everybody's kind of getting on top of them, which is good because the one good thing I can see with Facebook and Twitter and, and all kinds of social media is that, yes, we have freedom of speech. It's a protected right to be able to say whatever you want. Within reason, you can't say things about murdering certain people, which I would never, I, I that still kind of weirds me out. You can't yell fire in a crowded building, that kind of uh, movie theater or whatever. Um, but you, you have to be, and this is what people don't understand. You can say whatever you want, but you have to own it and you have to take responsibility for what you say. Right. And that is what people don't do. I think also it depends what venue you're in. Just because you you can say whatever you want doesn't mean you should say it wherever you want. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not freedom of speech. That's being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. 
So if you have something to genuinely say, pick the right venue for it. Like to what? Say give me it. give me an example of what you mean there. Okay, well. Uh, you mean like like something I, incendiary, something racist, something uncouth? Well, yeah, I mean, you have very strong political views and you have very strong religious views. Yes. You don't go every single day driving a, around to different churches and yelling at everybody walking through the front doors on Easter Sunday, you know? <laughs> no. You, you're not like... no. Stop doing this. Jesus is fake. Oh, my God. Ha, ha, ha. You don't do that because it's not the time or place. So who has the time to drive to every church? But it's also not going (laughs) to get what you feel is important about what you feel out there. Right. Uh, It's it's not the right venue. On the other hand, I think somebody like Ray Comfort... Is a sh- who's that? Ray Comfort. Uh, he works with um, the kid from Family Tie. What's his name there? Uh, left oh, Behind dude. Geez. You know who he is. I think he's a charlatan and a money grubber. And I think Kirk he's. Cameron. I think they're liars and disingenuous. And I think they're fleecing people of their money. So that's if arguments. You really had to spread the word of God. You wouldn't make money on it. If God was real, you wouldn't need to be taught about him. I understand gravity. I was never taught about it. I understand if I if I trip, I'm going to fall. If I drop something, it's going to hit the ground. Gravity. You can see it. You know it's there. You know? <laughs> but but that's the thing. Everybody has a a right to an opinion, but but pick, you pick also, the right venue for it. And also for journalists, but that's, can, I know it's Fox I? News and they don't really count, yeah. but... If you're a journalist and you're reporting an unbiased opinion, mm. you know, you're you're reporting just the facts. Well, That's we it. don't have reporters anymore. That's the thing. We, we have, don't have, we have reporters. News entertainment or whatever you want to call it. But see here I I want to put this out there that I don't think that you are entitled to your own opinion or that every opinion is correct. Okay. Well, that's because, opinion. Opinions because, aren't correct. No, no. That's why but, they're opinions. But you know, you remember when, when growing up, fact. when teachers would say, "Oh, everybody's entitled to their own opinion." Well, no, that's not necessarily true because you can't believe that when you fart, raspberry flavored ghosts come out of your butt. You that could be your opinion, but that's f- not fucking true. But you are entitled to your own opinion. Yeah, but the, but oh, you are not entitled to share it. You're also not entitled at every to your single own given facts. moment. But I think I think the whole I'm entitled to my own opinion is a fucking cop out f- for just masking ignorance. No, you can have your own opinion. Uh, You're just not welcome to share it all the time. Yeah. Really, that's no. what it is. Anybody I, you can have an opinion about saying. anything. Yeah. But honestly, if it's something that is not for a worthy cause or for something that is stating you mean if your it's case to the detriment of society as a whole. Right. If you're just like if like, you're just standing on the street corner yelling whatever the hell you friggin' feel like it, well <laughs> shut up and go do something worthwhile. Basically, if you're an ignorant racist, shut the fuck up. Yes. Yeah. If you don't have something better to say, well shut up, you know? Like who are you helping, really? Yeah. But but that's the thing. That's my opinion. Right. There this, are some people this, you hear, and you know what? It's like sometimes you hear people say stuff, and you're like, oh, shut the fuck up. You're not doing anybody a world of good. Mm. Go find something useful to do. Yeah. You know, stand on a street corner, and you're yelling, 
oh, the end is near and don't do this. It's like, oh, my God, go do something else. Will you go serve soup in a soup well, kitchen that's, and that's, help somebody out? That's the problem I have with people that... that and, you and, and I the, can the, sit here and bitch because we're doing it to express our opinion. Also, this is this is kind of entertainment for other people. So, But, like... But I'm not about to go... You know, marching into like my coworkers and say, "Well, you're all wrong for thinking the way you do because you're all being idiots." Oh no, you that's know? the day you get laid off. I'm not about I to cannot, say that. I cannot wait until the day you don't work there, so we can bring you on the show and we can actually talk about what you do. But I don't. I don't say that. I want to no, say that. I know. I am entitled to my opinion, and I would love to spout it out. Yes, but but, but there is, is not the, the right time opinion. and the right place. You cannot walk into a place that is advertising for. Uh, the opposite party, political party, and say, "Well, this is fucking stupid. Who would want to vote for that asshole?" Right? Because and you can, you know, you and I can talk about that at home. That's because fine. that's a whole, that's a whole social obligation. That's what society is well, all about. You want to keep your mouth shut to keep your job. But it's not only <laughs> that. I think it goes with everything. You don't run into a store. Like you're an 80-year-old woman saying, mm. oh, my God, they're all assholes here. You just don't do that. Yeah, that, that kind of thing is frowned upon now. But that's it. It's society. That, and society Yes, you are changes. entitled to an opinion. Yes. But in a normal society, mm. those things aren't welcome. Like, for instance, and if you want me to edit this out later, I, I certainly will. Uh, your grandmother was from a different time. Yes, and your very grandmother, much so. your grandmother referred to African Americans the way they were for, referred to in Gone with the Wind. But that's what she knew. For those people that, that haven't watched Gone with the Wind, she called them darkies. And I nearly choked on my food when I heard that because I didn't think that was a real thing. But but when she died, she was like a hundred and twelve. No, she was a hundred. Still. That was in what? But that 2001? was her... 1991? 98? No. It was she she was no, born uh 2003 cuz she was 100. She almost lived f- in three different centuries. But <laughs> but she didn't but here's the thing. She didn't keep saying that. She was saying it cuz of something but she she wouldn't go into a store and call somebody was, that. Was she racist, though? Or is that just like, you know, in the 70s it was Negro and then Black and now it's African American. And that was what was accepted at the well, time. Okay, it, it's basically she wouldn't go around saying that everywhere because mm. you didn't hear her say that a lot. Mm. But if she was talking about something like my mother says for African American she says black because that's all she knows. And I, I said, Mom, I, say I don't black, know if I say African American. I said, Mom, I don't depends. know if that's appropriate. Yeah. And she's like, I don't get it. Why not? And I'm like, Well people don't call you white and she's like, Well, they could if they wanted to. It's not gonna bother me. Right. I don't care. But like I can't call Idris Elba an African American because he lives in Britain. You know, he's black. I don't know who that is. Uh, Idris Elba? No. Mm-hmm. Uh he's the he's the black guy in the Pacific Rim trailer. He was mm-hmm. in Prometheus that you watched half of. So um, I know a lot. Okay. You know, you know, you watch a lot of BBC stuff. He's Luther. You've seen the ads for Luther. It's just too late for you tonight, I guess. I'll call up a picture of him, and you go, "Oh, that guy." Okay. But <laughs> but that's the thing. It's not like she would go into stores and still use that term. Hmm. But it was from a different time. Does he look familiar to you? No. He was um he was in Thor. He was the guy that guarded the gate. 
What was, okay. his, what was his name in Thor? Heim, Heimdall. Guardian of the Gate. Ooh. He wore the gold armor. Yeah. And well, he was in charge of the Rainbow Bridge. Okay. That really sounds weird when you say that. Yeah. Um, but what's the point? Yeah. So. so you, yeah. But that's the thing. But like, that's what it is. It's society. It's, but most we're people. In a like, but she's, she adapted. And there are a lot of dumbass people out there that will not look at anything else. And their word worldview is set the way it is. And. No amount of facts is going to change that, and that's why I'll I will post stuff. Those are the ones that about, go against about, society. About Ray Comfort because he talks about Jesus and how everybody needs to find the light because they're like like if there's if there's a born again but born Buddhists again it's don't him. Go for Jesus. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You look through his posts, and out of twenty posts, fifteen of them will be calling out atheists, specifically atheists. Ugh. So I've gone in there a couple times and I've said, Ray, and because you can tag him specifically. And I'm like, Ray, why don't you try calling out Jews and telling them they're wrong in their beliefs? Why don't do me a favor? Call Muslims out and tell them Muhammad's a false prophet. Let's see how that goes for you. No kidding. The thing is, he's, go, he's going after groups of people that aren't going to threaten to cut his head off and kill his family. No. He's going after groups of people that aren't going to get litigious and sue the shit out of him like Scientologists. You know, or that don't have the money behind them, like the Mormon Church. He's going after atheists, which are this because they're this this disorganized group of people. No, 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 no. They go after atheists because they want to convert them. Well, you can't convert somebody without the con. They want to evangelize to them and witness to them to make sure that they will come over to their side because they need the numbers on their side. Hardest people to convert. You are better off trying to convert Jews for Jesus than you are because you already have someone that believes That's to the a thing, certain is that degree. It's, it's all about evangelizing. It's, yeah. it's but he calls out he numbers. calls out atheists and he calls out evolution Maybe and he, he should calls do something it bullshit. This time. Maybe he should because he's a terrible fucking writer. Like let me let me let me I have a couple of things here and it's it's and then we'll and then we'll get to Reverend Scott and then we'll end because I gotta go to bed. Um, let me just scroll down. It it's amazing how much everybody posts on here and I I so appreciate it because it really makes it easy for me to put a show together when everybody puts stuff right in here. Um, okay, so my comment about this is doesn't Ray realize that this statement pretty much makes everyone everywhere agnostic. Okay. He says, when an atheist said, quote, I am as close to an atheist as you can get a 9.99 out of 10, and that's on the, uh, like the Richard Dawkins scale, but it's usually one to seven. Anyway, I had to agree with him because he is right to say that he is not sure that God doesn't exist. It's impossible for him to be sure. This is because that statement, there is no God, is an absolute statement. If I said there's no gold in China, I need to have absolute knowledge that there is no gold in China. I need to know what's in every riverbed, every rock, and every tooth. Because if there is one gold filling, I am wrong. Again, to make an absolute statement that there's no gold in that country, I need absolute knowledge. That That's a fair assessment. Okay, but let me get to the rest of it. To say that gold does exist in China, I merely have to see a Chinese person yawn and spot a gold filling. The same principle applies with That's God. racist. Why? Saying that just the Chinese have gold fillings. I no, mean, no. It's, 
that's rude. <laughs> he's just, he's just, it's illustrative for a point. I think that's rude. All right, hold on. The same principle applies with God. No human being has absolute knowledge, so they are stuck with, with the limited knowledge I have, I have to come to the conclusion that there's no God, but I really don't know. There can be no such thing as an atheist because no one but God has all knowledge. By that logic, no one can know for sure if there's a God. Meanwhile, the people that like that post and and offer whatever um, on on his site, they're absolutely sure they have a personal relationship with Jesus, and they've spoken to God, and God speaks to them. And to that, I say you're fucking delusional. That's bullshit. That's your conscience telling you that you're doing the right thing. But if you can tell me that there is no absolute knowledge, everyone is agnostic because we can never truly know. Right? (sighs) If you can't know there isn't a God, then you can't know that there is. If there's no absolutes. You know, there's people in the world that just go day to day without worrying about who believes in what. Yeah. And they have their own spiritual journeys that help them through life. Mm-hmm. And some people and don't have any of that. everybody has to mind their own goddamn business. Ray says, someone asked, many of the predictions of Nostradamus came true. Will you start equating him with oh, divinity? Geez. He said, Nostradamus was a lapsed Jewish Catholic. I don't know what that means. Who read his Bible in secret <laughs> and there. stole its prophecies without giving God attribution. Anyone who is ignorant of Bible prophecy will be impressed with the prophecies of Nostradamus. And this is the part that killed me. The rest of his ramblings are so nebulous, anyone can look down through history and hang anything on them. That's why Nostradamus is a billion-dollar industry. Let me just let me just do a little word substitution, and then we'll get to Reverend Scott, okay? What's a billion-dollar industry? Nostradamus? I don't... Or the Catholic Church. Exactly. Please. The rest of the ramblings are so nebulous, anyone can look down through history and hang anything on them. That's why Catholicism is a billion-dollar industry. Basically. I wrote... Why are there churches so ornate with so much gold? You don't have to go to China to find the gold, for Christ's sake. (laughs) No. I wrote, someone needs to tell Ray that the same line of thinking applies to the Bible and pretty much all religions, not just Nostradamus. Except maybe Wiccans and, to a, a certain degree, Buddhists. You know, it just goes back to telling the girls to mind your own business when it doesn't concern you. Yeah. If they want to practice whatever religion they want to practice, well, then you just go have a good time with that. Well, we've been reading a lot of... um. Whatever happened to just... You be nice to people. Oh, that's not, mind your that's, own business. That's not good enough for the born agains. You know that. <sighs> you know because then they can go to heaven and we can go to heaven. I don't want to go to heaven. I've been, I've been, I've been listening to comedians talk about it. And like, don't you think living forever in heaven would be boring? This probably sounds really bad, but can I live forever with my stuff? Exactly. I would much rather be a vampire down here than dead in heaven. But that's a thing, too. It's like that's... I'm materialistic. I'll but, I mean, eternal life, I think, would only be cool for a couple thousand years. Past that, it'd be like, oh, get me a wooden stake. And that's another thing. 
Oh, a wooden stake will kill a vampire. Yeah, a wooden stake will kill, kill a human being, too. You're We're way off from topic. Hotel Transylvania. I've said that way before Hotel Transylvania said that. Anyway. Okay, it's, it's play time Reverend for this. Scott. All right, we'll try this for the third time and see if this works. Anything with your butt is funny, apparently. <laughs> knock, knock, who's there? Your butt. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's not funny. But that's funny. <laughs> Last rites with Reverend Scott. <laughs> You're a bag of dicks. <laughs> hey there, Chris, and, well, not Frank. I don't even think Ellen is probably there with you now. Man, I have a bunch of great clips from last week I want you both to hear. But since you're not both there, I might as well save them for next time. That's... That's kind of fucked up. Well, it's not only that, but I'm kind of sick, too. But don't worry, Chris. I'm still going to entertain you with a segment that I did for you guys roughly a year and a half ago. Remember when Hank Williams Jr. was in the news being an idiot? Oh, yeah. Well, I happened to get audio from News at 10 of him commenting on the presidential election involving you guys and myself. <laughs> I hope you're excited to hear it, Chris. Is there anything that gets you more excited? Yeah. Sure. yeah. Angry blowjobs from Donald Trump. Well, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. On that note, let's hear from episode 164. Wow. Bible says that lust in your heart is committing adultery. So you, you can't masturbate without lust. Christine O'Donnell's Amazon page bombed with dildos. Hey there, Chris and Frank. Well, now that the three-year anniversary is a few weeks in the past, I guess we can start focusing on the future, the 2012 presidential campaign. I, I just wish I had time to talk about it. I really have a lot to do and a lot to prepare. But I'll tell you what, I'll tack on a news clip at the end that reviewed some of your statements and has a brief interview with a prominent political commentator discussing them. Peace and love, guys. This is U.S. News at 10 with your host, John Simmons. Hello, I'm John Simmons. Here's our U.S. News top story. The 2012 presidential debate flares up again this week with recent audio surfacing from atheist presidential candidates Chris Brickelmeyer and Frank Hauser. Here, via satellite to discuss the 2012 election, is prominent political commentator Hank Williams, Jr., Hello there, Mr. Williams. Hi there, guys. It's just me, Mr. Williams. The candidates aren't actually with me right now. Uh-huh. Now, if you've been listening to our coverage of 2012 presidential elections, you've probably noticed we covered a lot of information about independent presidential candidate Reverend Scott. Yeah. And atheist candidates Christopher Brickelmeyer and Frank Hauser. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, we at News at 10 want to know, who's your favorite? Nobody. Well, I can definitely see how you might feel like that, especially after the recent audio service from Chris and Frank on health coverage for the homeless. Sometimes you have to kill a hobo. Not to mention Chris's new book. How to Fight a Woman. What was your take on that, Mr. Williams? One of the biggest political mistakes ever. 
I think a lot of people agree with you. That, that turned a lot of people off. <laughs> you know, watching, uh, you know, it just didn't go over. <laughs> what about Frank's comment to women complaining he wants a government mandate forcing them to return to work only hours after having a baby? Shut the fuck up and get on with it, okay? Come on, come on. <laughs> when recently stopped by security at a Boston airport, Chris wasn't allowed to board the plane with what he thought were essential items. The Hello Kitty vibrator and getting off a woman's guide to masturbation. <laughs> I know this is one reporter who will never try to board a plane with those items. Well, I'm Sounds glad fair. you don't, brother, because a lot of people do. And the list just goes on and on, from Chris's stance to illegal aliens. That's easy. Shoot them. Frank talking <laughs> to kindergartners about red-colored vehicle antifreeze. It's going to taste like cherry Kool-Aid. <laughs> Chris describing their political leanings. Left-leaning pinko commie bastards. That is true. Hank? Well, may I call you Hank? No. Uh, Mr. Williams? Final thoughts on Chris and Frank? They're the enemy. They're the enemy. Isn't that a slight exaggeration? Not hardly. Does Reverend <laughs> Scott have any better chance of winning this election? Oh, yeah. So you're officially supporting Reverend Scott this 2012? Right now, he makes more sense than any of them. Well, you heard it here <laughs> first, folks. Hank Williams Jr. is backing independent presidential candidate Reverend Scott. Yeah. This is sure shaping up to be quite a race this year. It's going to be a historic election. I know that. Thank you, Mr. Williams. Yeah. And thank you, America, <laughs> Joining us at News at 10, I'm John Simmons. Good night. The, the fuck is this dude? Biggest asshole on the face <laughs> of the planet. Wow. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, seriously, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> what the fuck, you douchebag? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yep. You don't talk like that uh, when we do it together. No, because you don't want to talk about any of that stuff. That was nice. That was nice. He was talking about the, it was the three-year anniversary had just passed. Our, or this September is our five-year. That's that's a long time to be doing this. I was driving, we were driving to the show with Frank today, and I was thinking about the show that we, that we would have to do tonight, and I'm thinking, why the fuck do people want to hear what I have to say? They don't. You're just going to tell them anyway. I know, but they don't have to download it. They certainly don't have to listen to it. It's like, thank you. Thank you for doing it, but goddamn. Goddamn what? Goddamn. I say some stupid shit and people people listen. Oh, did we mention that we met a, a, a listener of the show that we've been talking on, on Facebook? We met Will tonight at Frank's show. I've been talking to him for a long time, and I was very nice to meet him. And I'm sorry it took me this long into the show to remember to say that because that was supposed to be one of the first things we said. That's uh, nice. Oh, I don't want him to think that, oh, well, look at that. It's just tagged on at the end with a bunch of dicks. It's like, no, we, we, we the conversation just kind of got out of control from me. So, well, you, What? No, you, we started talking about Frank's show and then we started talking get about away the girls. From you. you run with it every single time. I know. What are you doing? My feet are cold. Uh, it's because you took your shoes off. Don't understand you. I don't understand the girls either. You know, they run around the house all day and then they say, my feet are cold. And they'll try and <laughs> shove them right in your back. It's like, well, if you kept your socks on, you well, have, you own I slippers. I don't want to put them on. Uh, no, I'm talking about the girls, not oh, you. Sorry. But still. All right. I think that's it. Last week was uh, almost three hours. So we're going to cut it short this week. Stop. You're going to rip my pants. 
So we're going to cut it short this week. So uh, <laughs> it, it evens out. So uh, anything else you want to say? Anything you want to... No, any, you want to yell more about Japan. Any, any, any projects or websites you want to promote? Not yet. I uh, know. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just learned Facebook. I'm still learning it. I yeah. I think I have getting the comments right. I just sent a comment to Frank about his show, but I think I did it right. I'm not too sure. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just getting the part where you hit the likes. I uh, can do that. Yes, you are a little bit behind. And I found how you get the games on there. That's that's all I've got going on so far. On where? On Facebook. Uh, did I do it right? I have no idea. Oh, I thought that's what you were looking at. No, I was looking to see if you actually posted something. I thought on, I did. On, on his, I don't know. Oh, oh, maybe I didn't do it right. Did you send him a message? I, I, maybe. <laughs> okay. I'll get it. No, no, you won't. Yes, I will. No. All right. That's it. We'll just kind of just crash at the end here like a giant train wreck that we are so yeah see you next week bye night Diplomacy should be the cornerstone of any foreign policy. And I can see Russia from my house. Seems like yesterday when you watch that, but it's been four and a half years since Tina Fey introduced her stunning impression of Sarah Palin on Saturday Night Live. The, and just when Tina Fey fans thought they'd seen the last of that Palin impression, one man, the only man who could do this was able to get her to do it once again Tuesday night. Would you allow me to introduce Sarah Palin, please? <laughs>
We could try. I'm the one taking the chance, not you, pal. <laughs> you asked Joe Biden if you could call him Joe. Is mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. Shall, shall I ad- address you as governor? You served only half a term, so what, what's the right term of address? Well, I'll tell you, I don't know. <laughs> or you could call me a maverick at large. Perhaps even gov. Gov would be fine by me, too. I know that you're very fond of shooting wolves from a helicopter, which which is understandable enough. Have your views on gun laws or wolves changed at all? You know, Jimmy, I believe that... Everybody had guns, then there would be fewer guns in the stores. I believe that if everybody had guns, there'd be fewer people left on the streets. Also good. Right? <laughs> what about. I know it's a touchy subject. Same-sex marriage. What is your view on that, please? Well, the Bible says it's gross. Um, And I don't judge a lot of the amazing, wonderful people I met in the audience at Dancing with the Stars. Seem to go that way. Right. But no. No? No same-sex marriage. Uh Marriage is meant for people who wear different kinds of swimsuits. There's a logic to that that is absolutely indisputable. Now, Gov or whoever whoever you are... Countless women look up to you. Mm -hmm. Do you have any fashion and hairstyling advice for them? Well, I'm a fan of the bump it. Also to a tan, a tan you couldn't possibly have in Alaska. And that's really all you need. Of greater importance, how does a woman like you make her way through a man's world I don't think of it as a man's world or a woman's world unless again we're talking about marriage (laughs) but I think of it as people being mavericks or not being mavericks may I be permitted just one more okay then (laughs) but you know sometimes people ask me stuff and I don't answer it anyway so go ahead I'm a slippery one what do you think of Tina Fey's portrayal of you? It's the best one I never watched. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Joining me now, my friend James Lipton, creator, executive producer, writer, and host of Bravo's Inside the Actors Studio, which has received a record 15 Emmy nominations in 18 years, and you just saw why. Uh, Jimmy, and I feel I can call you Jimmy, since right. Tina does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, Sarah Palin does. Uh, that is absolutely stunning for me, because I know actors generally are very, very uncomfortable doing any kind of character out of the structure that makes the character work, set, makeup, all that stuff. Uh, how, was 
that uh, was that uh, did you warn her at all that you were going to pull that on her? Uh, remember that my show is the only one I think of its kind that has no pre-interview ever. That's why I do all those blue cards. And uh, so uh, the guest never knows what's coming next, and, uh, and uh, neither do I. Uh, that's the secret, if there is a secret, of Inside the Actor's Studio. But if I'm going to ask them to do something on the stage where they might be inclined to say no, which would be embarrassing to them, I do ask them before the show in the green room. By the way, I said, would you let me interview Sarah Palin? She said, okay. And let me tell you something. You talk about reality television? That was reality television. That was real. I mean, there wasn't one moment of that was scripted. That was an improvisation, and I was improvising with one of the two or three best improvisers in the world. That takes no, guts. It, it, it was fantastic to watch. It was like uh, sneaking into an acting class. It was a fantastic, and you, and you could tell how, how real it was. And also, I mean, she knew she could bail at any point. I mean, at any point she knew if she just kind of bailed out of it as Tina Fey, uh, she'd be able to do that. But I, I, was, I was marveling at, at how long uh, the both of you were able to keep that ball in the air. She doesn't bail. We talked about improvisation. She was teaching our students the Actors Studio Drama School at Pace University. That's where we were. And uh, she was teaching them about improv and, and the principle of agree, you must agree, and yes and, whatever, this, whatever you're given, you have to say yes and, and then add something to it. That's exactly what we were doing. It was a long improvisation, and it worked, not because of me, because of her. She is amazing. No, but your side of it is easy to underestimate. I mean, you you, you were serving her perfectly. Uh, you were in the Jimmy character, yeah. uh, play, uh, uh, playing it perfectly. What did it feel like? Work, you were working a scene with her. Absolutely. We were improvising. Well, you know, I, I'm from the Actors Studio. I'm a vice president of the Actors Studio. I was trained by Stella Adler, Harold Clerman, and Robert Lewis. Uh, so I've had a little bit of practice in that area. Uh, but when you're doing it with a master uh, like her, uh, you are really you are you are being lifted off the ground, uh, and that was what the experience was like. Well, you've set a new bar even for your show, <laughs> Jimmy Lipton. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. I thank you, Lawrence. It's great to see you. Although uh, you're far away, I think, aren't you? Well, I don't know where, we'll, where you we'll, are. We'll be together again in New York soon. Thanks Dinner. very much, James. Okay. Thank you. That's all you get, jerks.